Hi, I'm Denise Bowles, founder, owner, and trainer of Black Women Do VBAC. Do you need a training, advanced doula training, to help your skills as a surgical doula, a VBAC doula, or induction doula? Please go to blackwomendovbac.com and click on our website to get all the great information of our next cohort. We have several trainings coming up here for Black History Month, and we'd love to see you. Thank you so much. Follow us on Instagram at blackwomendovbac, and also follow us on Facebook, blackwomendovbac.com. Thank you so much. I'm Ravae Sinclair. Hi, I'm Denise Folds. And we're here to do that. Welcome. Welcome to our space. We are going to tackle just some random stuff. We took a little bit of a break in January. We needed to get into the new year and find our footing. And (laughs) and January was crazy, right? Every day we were like, I'm doing this. I'm getting this done. I'm getting this done. And all all of a sudden we looked up and it was February 1st. So we're here. Yeah, we made it. We made it here. Made it. We made it. Yeah. And and by the way, y'all, I'm going to be, I'm multitasking because I'm doing my nails. It's like, this is what life is today. So we're, I'm doing the most. If I'm looking down, it's because I'm making sure my hands are on point, but. We, we, we're women we can do more than one we thing we can do it here's a safe space for Revae to have pretty nails nothing wrong with that okay like the truth is this is like our girlfriend chat so this is what I would be doing. <laughs> if the cameras weren't on this is what I would be doing so I mean this is true this is true girlfriend yeah. okay so listen we kind of took a hiatus when everything in the world was happening like I was like oh I wish we were recording because uh, Cat Williams came out January 3rd. I think it was January 3rd. Cat Williams, by the way, for those who don't know, is a comedian. And came on the Shannon Sharp. Wait, wait, no. Club Shay Shay. Club Shay Shay. Club Shay Shay on YouTube. So go watch it, y'all. It is two hours and 45. Is it two hours and 45 minutes? Oh, it, it's 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 close to three hours of yes. amazing dialogue. Amazing. Two hour, yeah, it's two hours and 45 minutes of amazing doing it for the culture, telling it like it is, setting the record straight. Oh, and, okay. and almost nothing has been refuted since what he has said. So go, go get you a taste. Uh, it was pretty amazing. But the whole point that I'm making is that Cat Williams really set the tone for what 2024 has turned out to be so consistently is a revelation, a revealing. Yes. yes. A pulling back the veil. If you got secrets, they not, they're going to be revealed. So just get ready to own your stuff because in 2024, people are getting told on stuff is being laid out. People are not allowed to keep hurting people, fleecing people, stealing from people and getting away with it. So, and guess what? Of course, we get to see it in the birth world. It's unfolding. Oh, oh, do we get to see it in the birth world? But this is the year of transparency. This is the year of the reckoning. This is the year of the truth shall be told. Okay. We are in the age of Aquarius. This is no time to be playing around here. Okay. So we're going to tell the truth. We're going to say what we need to say. And that's the way it is. This is 2024. I'm ready. I love it. I love it because, you know, we roll with that energy. We're here yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's do that. Okay. Keep it in mind. Um, Cat Williams. Following up with Cat Williams. Uh, 
comedian Monique came on. Oh gosh, her story was amazing. First of all, that head of hair, that the way she speaks, you know, I'm, I'm with her and, you know, she's been through so much in her life and black people are still trying to drag her. It's like, why can't this black woman have her story? Why can't she be heard? So I, I listened and I believe and I, I'm in full support of, of, of what she's doing and how she's moving forward in her world and all the best to her. All, but it happens in the birth community too. It most certainly does because when you're light, there's so much stuff that goes under the radar that no one says anything. But if you're oh, not yeah. light, then you are, oh, you're harassing, you're confrontational, you're hard to get along with, you're combative. Um, and you know, it's, it's all because you're, you dare to stand in the, in the light of truth and transparency. Yeah. I think that that, okay. So, you know, Monique, part of my assessment of this is as a single black woman rising in her career, she's fighting, she's doing all the things and asking for equity on her tours when the men were getting different, different kinds of treatment. And she left her son behind, right? You know, there's, there's a parenting dilemma of doing this work. I think there's not a lot of forgiveness for black women. Um, and that's a space that a lot of us experience, right? We can do the same thing that somebody else does and it can be construed, misconstrued or heightened in a negative way. And it, it very much feels unfair. So I feel like, um, the, you know, the reviews on Monique are a little bit mixed because some, a few of the things she said were not accurate. So she talked about having a cease and desist issued. And so that's why the episode didn't come out. When, in fact, her husband went back and corrected her, she misspoke, that really D.L. Hughley decided not to send the, um, not to air the episode. So I think that some people have let that, something, a glitch like that, um, discredit her. And that's one of the other standards that I feel like Black women in business have to be so careful about is we can't be wrong on anything. We can't be mistaken. It's like you lied. I mean, we just watch, okay, because there, there's so many things. We just watch Bonnie Will, Willis have to get on oh the Oh, my God. Girl, we could talk forever, right? Because oh. if, if, yeah, we could talk forever. But do you see what I'm saying about you can't mm-hmm. even be mistaken? So people said, see, she was wrong about that. So everything was inaccurate. And it's like, no, everything no. wasn't inaccurate. No, um, it wasn't. But specifically, I would say that what what struck me, and you and I have talked about this, is the relationship or the lack thereof, a relationship between her and Oprah Winfrey. Right. And I feel like there's a struggle in relationships with black women in in the same profession that we often see one another as uh, competition. Definitely. We have to work. We really have to work at seeing one another's collaboration. And that's, that's by design. Our culture sets it up for us to fight for things, for the little crumbs that we kind of get. Um, and so you have to make a decision that you're going to be collaborative in, in, in any space, in any industry. And I know you and I have experienced what, you know, what we see demonstrated in this relationship with Monique and Oprah, where we're trying to do the work and I don't have any beef with you, but you're mistreating me, another black woman. You're mistreating me because of something you heard or what yeah. somebody said. And, you know, I've been the subject of that many times and I'm just watching those, those things play out for people to realize, oh, you're not who they said you are. No, I never was. But no. those are your lessons to learn. But in the meantime, the work doesn't get done because you're not collaborating with me because you think I'm your competition. Exactly. It happens all the time in birth work. Being a black donor doula, 
Um, there are many doulas here in New York who will not speak to me. Meanwhile, I'm on the front lines with them. Um, yes, I have private paid clients, but I have to keep the lights on just like anybody else. Right. I should not be expected to be out here working for free or working for close to nothing and struggling all of my life. Um, you know, that, that weathering does is, is not healthy. So yeah, there are these schisms that we as black people put up uh, amongst ourselves and it is not productive. It is not helpful. But if there's one thing that I cannot combat, I can't combat um, ignorance. I cannot combat, combat a person who doesn't want to be in the know, who wants to embrace the lie or, or something that simply doesn't make sense. But I, I already heard it about you, so I'm just going to take that for what it is. You don't get a chance to get to know me. You didn't reach out for a phone call. Hey, Denise, can you clarify something for me? Hey, Reve, I, I heard this. Can you clarify this for me? I'm happy to clarify for you if it's going to keep you on the right track. But I'm not here to put out, you know, fires of gossip and 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 fodder and and unrealities. I'm not here for that. So it well, happens. All- it does happen a lot of times, and you know, of a situation where. Somebody said something. It wasn't true. I have my own group of people who could, you know, corroborate my version of the story. You know, the lawyer me is like, let me get the evidence, child. And I don't, you don't have to take my word for it. Although Fonnie Willis did tell us, hey, evidence, sufficient evidence is a testimony of one person. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But you don't have to take my word for it. Let me bring somebody else in who witnessed every interaction that I had with that person. Mm-hmm. And it was just so interesting that the person was like, no, I don't want to hear it. They right. want to know the truth. They want to embrace the truth because they had a prior they believe. run-in. They, wanted, they had a prior run-in that they did not handle well, and they took that bias into everything else. Yeah, and it, hurts, and it hurts no one, but the families we're supposed to be serving. It, right. If we can't collaborate, I got something I can offer that person. They have something. Right. I mean, we could actually right. be an amazing collaboration. Of doulas of over 20 years of experience. You guys are OGs to the heart. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you know, you know, I'm always I'm over here like, well, what happened? Yes, yes. <laughs> Help me understand. And I remain in that place where I'm like, come to me. You know, the old school song. Come to me. Don't ask my I name. Love that song. Come to Girl, me. I know. Come to me, honey. Come to me because I'm really not interested in having conflict and having that negative energy yeah. really serves nobody. And it certainly doesn't get us further in business. But it was interesting to see. um you know, in other professions, uh, the the combat, the combative nature oh, yeah. and the competition really um, harm everybody. Like everybody lost in that situation, and um, and I feel like mm, I'm wondering how are we losing in these conflicts? What's mm-hmm. being lost? What could be actually happening? How could we be putting together conferences and creating whole other organizations? If you know, I sort of wonder if that's the setup. The setup is for us to not be um, strong together. Let me tell you, if we can eradicate black maternal health disparities, a lot of people are going to be out of a job, okay, if we eradicate that. Just think about it. But black maternal health disparities is a billion-dollar business of NICU stays, C-section well, rates, in, in, induction rates, um, you medicine, know. Big Pharma. Medicine, mortality, you know, this is a huge business. And if we eradicate black maternal health disparities, there will be a lot of people who are going to hit the pocketbooks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's just like any other corrupt system in America. It's just like the criminal justice system. I tell you, your your son being arrested makes the police officer money, the pen, the, the union right. makes money. 
the the deputy, the judges, uh, the jails, the food providers, yep. the telephone, yep. the telecommunications companies make billions off yep. of your son being plucked out of his life. Going, you know, and I'm not saying your son, Denise, but. Oh, it, no, my son was never arrested. Yeah, yeah. But I, I understand the example but that you're using. Mm-hmm. Black men, there are black bodies. It's another form of slavery. It, um, and it's just, it just transformed. It's a different field, right? And yep. a ton of people are making money and raising, you know, raising their kids, going off to college, paying for college, paying their mortgages off of our backs. So mm-hmm. it's another corrupt system. Yes, a lot it of people, is. A lot of get, people get paid off of the crisis. Absolutely. There are towns here in upstate New York that are built around a prison because that is just how much commerce and how much money a prison brings into a community with employment and federal dollars and and just building communities around these prisons. It is amazing to see. But we do have them here in the state of New York. Absolutely. Hey, girl, it's big money. So, yeah, black maternal health crisis is big money. Big money. Big big money. Big uh, money. These grants being granted, people. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. people give money. You know, and it's just really sad. the 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 latest trend here in New York is induction. Everybody's being offered an induction. Oh well, you know, you you want me to catch your baby, right? Well, you know, I'm not on call when you go into labor. I'm off call this the rest of the month. So if you want me to catch your baby, let me induce you so I can catch your baby. What? Tell them the story, girl. Come on. I, I, uh, we I, had this. We had this call. Denise had to call me and tell me. I'm like, what? I'm like, no. My my black client. She's in her 30s. She's an attorney, born with a congenital heart defect, and had at 17 had to put in the pacemaker. But she's absolutely healthy and fine. Got pregnant and wants an unmedicated vaginal birth. They were like, okay, great. She went to this wonderful, this quote-unquote wonderful black doctor, spent 10 months with this doctor at the very end of the last trimester, the last week of the pregnancy. Oh, I'm no, I'm not on call for the rest of the month to catch your baby. You're going to have to go with another doctor to practice. So my client is like, but wait a minute. I've been with you all this time. You know, this is, you know, you didn't give me a chance to even, you know, interact with the other people in the office. She goes, well, if you want me to catch your baby, I can induce you and I'll catch your baby. And my client's like, no, I want to go into labor spontaneously and have my baby and, you know, not have a, a, an epidural. So she says, well, you're going to have to have somebody else do it. So my client got it in her head. Okay, I'm going to have somebody else catch my baby. And she went and had a spontaneous vaginal birth with no epidural or anything. And she nailed it, nailed it. But this doctor wanted to give this healthy woman an induction just to catch your baby because, oh, well, if you like me so much, let me induce you so I can catch your baby. We we have to change these parameters around inductions. And that's why, you know, for Black Women Do VBAC, I'm, I'm offering this three-hour um, uh, contact hour certified training for doulas on how to negate and advocate in instances of an induction for your clients. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it was, you know, it was a version of bait and switch, right? Oh, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And, you know, this goes back to all skin folk and kin folk. No, because that doctor knew a month in advance what her, her on-call schedule was like. She knew. And she also knew that she could justify an induction or any other procedure because of the woman's medical situation. Correct. She could have justified it on, on the paper which yep. makes it easy for her to be one of these people who gets their care managed. Yep, and yep. gets the dollars for it. 
But my client and I had a great rapport. I was able to very transparently talk to her and tell her, you're being played, sis. And she's like, oh, I feel it. I feel it. (laughs) So we, we got a plan together. And she went into spontaneous labor and had an amazing birth. And the doctor who actually caught her baby was magnificent. Great person. We had a great time. But this is how our black women are being played. And these doctors are talking out of both sides of their mouths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enticing and pulling them in so they can get the mm-hmm. dollar. And they get paid after a certain amount before the baby even comes. So it's like, oh, well, we'll just figure out how to make it fit. So because this doctor was not only on, not on the schedule, was the doctor going on vacation? Is that or my No, she just wasn't on. She wasn't on the call this schedule. Was- and even with this extraneous circumstance of having a pacemaker client, this doctor was not going to put herself back on the schedule for this client. And this client picked her, our families have to stop picking off of feelings and work off of facts. Oh, but I really like this doctor. She's so funny. She's so nice. Girl, is she going to be there for you when you need her to be there? No, she's not. Is she going to go the extra mile for you? No, she's not. She's not going to do it. And so So you did exactly what – what we hope all doulas would do is to remind her of her birth preferences. Yes. It was to start labor on her own, to trust her and, and to encourage her to trust her body. Your body can do this. There's nothing wrong with you. You doulaed her through that. You doulaed that girl. You doulaed her through that to like remind her, hey, there's other people in the practice. You can start meeting with them. Prepare your body. We're going to stay the course just because this person is not going to be at your birth. Other people will who are capable. And it, it was another two weeks, right, of her walking Correct. around a little yep. bit dilated and yep. we're like, see, see, your body's doing it. And then it didn't make any progress for a couple of days and then moved on. But you, that's the dueling part, right? Keeping oh, people gotcha. confident, focused reminding them of their plan, trusting them in their bodies, trusting that they hired capable right. a provider right. and trust the facility where they're birthing. And she did it. Like you said, she rocked it. She got everything she needed and wanted. And the only yeah. thing that, that was missing was the doctor who tried to do the, the little black doctor. Thing. She wanted this black OB. Yeah, but the doctor <laughs> oh, tried to bait and switch her. <laughs> the doctor tried to bait and switch her. And yeah. that wasn't the one who should be present at her birth. So yeah. She really did. She really tried to bait and switch her. It was so sad. And she saw it. And she's, she was crestfallen for a minute. She was sitting there like, geez, you know, I, I went black and I, I thought I was making the right decision on that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I had to pump her up. And this is where doulas are so important because no people are, at this point, clinicians are really not very accustomed to, to physiologic births anymore. Doulas oh. are. Yeah, normal <laughs> physiologic birth. Yeah, letting yes. letting time pass and yeah, leaving people yes. alone and letting their hormones figure it let out. Their bodies do let the baby and let the whole body brain baby situation work. And boom, she did an amazing, amazing job, and so proud of her. And it was it was a lot. It was a lot, but she she did it the right way. She was compliant. She was never in any kind of a negative space with the with the clinicians or anything. But she also had her team. She had her team with her, and she did yeah. very, very well. She so had her husband. She had you. She had her husband. She had me. She had her mom there. Um, we had an amazing journey. And uh, the black doctor who bait and switched her, uh, that's not cool. We, and uh, we will be advising our clients on these scenarios as they come up because um, the more you are aware and awake of what's going on, the better 
you can take the proper precautions to make sure that you're still getting the goals that you want. Yeah, it's a matter of, you know, on the backhand side, you just take note of this doctor, this provider. And if you have a client coming in the future, just like, well, beware. And uh, you can help your client make a, a better, a more informed decision about who they should um, hire to be supportive of them at their birth. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but it was great. It was great. But yeah, New York is is definitely changed. And you and I have talked about this, Reve. The pandemic has changed the birth arena. Mm-hmm. It's it different. Can be. Absolutely. It's, it's totally different. 2018, 2017. I started in 2014. So from 2014 to 2019, when the pandemic was just about to kick off and be labeled as something, birth completely is different now than it was back then. Totally different. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say this. I think it's different in in good ways and some negative ways. Correct. Um, Correct. I think if, so the positive, I'll give a positive. Yes. They were saying all through the pandemic, stay home, stay home, stay home. You're not sick. And there, it, what I think the pandemic brought forward was being pregnant is not an illness. There you go. So then it, begs the question then why are we birthing in places where people only really go there mm-hmm. when they're sick mm-hmm. so I'm not yep 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 i really think it gave credence to staying home as long as possible and also maybe finding an out-of-hospital option we didn't mm-hmm. even have it we didn't have enough out-of-hospital out of options for birthers and no. let me tell you, some people who never thought that they would birth unmedicated certainly made that thing happen. <laughs> yes yes they made yes. that thing happen so Thank I think that that was like one of the really positive components of the pandemic. One of the negative components, we really saw the power and control of hospital policies, keeping yes. us out, regulating how many people came in. And they were very slow to to roll that back when when we had a vaccine and when less fewer people were getting sick and the hospital had capacity to manage. I mean, I think we saw people's true colors and we saw the truth during the pandemic. The truth is you don't need to birth in a hospital with some support and really an education. Um, you can birth without medication and you can birth at home safely and never have to go anywhere and risk anything. Um, and that's not everybody, but a lot of people, a lot more people can than who do. Mm-hmm. And then we also saw that the hospital really doesn't see us as part of the team. Birth workers do. Oh, they don't see us as part of the team. And they would like to control us as much as, as possible. We saw a lot of the disdain and the negativity of the oh, yeah. energy that they have towards us. We're a nuisance. And yes. that was, um, yeah, that was revealing. And now we're navigating that. But I like that we're operating in the truth now. We, I'm so glad to. We see who you are. And we won't encourage our clients to go to your facilities. We won't encourage our clients to sign up for your services. No, no problem. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Working here in New York on making institutions doula friendly. Um, but I do agree, Reve, the, the pandemic has changed things. Some of the things that I work now with my clients, if there's your will, it will be a way. And instead of leaning so much on what's there, lean on yourself. Lean on what you're capable of doing. And many of my clients had an unmedicated birth in a the pandemic. They didn't want to stay in the hospital. They had that TENS unit. They hypnobirth. They did whatever they did at home, got to the hospital and active labor fully, <laughs> pushed exactly. the baby out right back home. And, you know, it, it worked. It definitely worked. You know, the downside is we saw exactly, like you said, how hospitals regard doulas as disposable. 
disposable entities. Um, and it was only, you know, because of the former governor Cuomo who said they're essential. They are essential workers here in New York and we will label them as such. And I'm so glad that he was able to do that because we were, we had a seat at the table. Um, and you're right. They did slowly pull back a lot of stuff, slowly pull it back, pull it back, pull it back. And so now we're fighting to get doulas into the, to the operating rooms. Um, mm-hmm. where they're so needed and, and making sure that, you know, that surgical birth is just as supported as that vaginal birth in the labor and delivery room. But, um, you know, also too, the pandemic really and truly showed us that virtual work works. Okay. It yeah. works. And it also showed us that these doctors and nurses are human. They burn out. They get sick. They leave the profession. You know, they're, they're, they're weathered out. Okay, and what we're not talking about is the crisis in this country of the lack of physicians and nurses and mental health experts. COVID tapped us out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're seeing a shortage everywhere. We're still seeing the need for traveling nurses and things like that. But people are leaving the profession. I think I told you that one of the uh, websites I saw or Facebook groups were nurses looking for alternatives. Like, they're like, okay, this isn't going to work. They're burned out. Yeah. They, they want to be from the long postpartum doulas. <laughs> What'd you say? They want to be postpartum doulas and night care specialists, and they want to get out of the L and D department because it is just so caustic and intense and weathering. It's just you know the the amount of stress in those departments is just unreal. Yeah, I think the culture the the culture that existed before the pandemic finally collapsed on them. Mm-hmm. All of that top down pressure, pressure, pressure. The long yeah. hours, the micromanaging, you got to write down every single thing, otherwise you it's on your license or you're going to get dinged. All of that pressure came crushing down and um, crashing down on them. And I think, yeah, they want to stay in the services, service field, but not in the hospital. I, I guess for me, I'm like, if you don't want to work there, I, I definitely don't want to birth there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm saying. Get me out of here. But several hospitals in New York after the pandemic, even in the pandemic, they they incorporated hiring doulas on their L&D floors and their mother-baby unit floors because they saw that manpower was actually supporting the nurses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, during the pandemic, we watched how nurses tried to take over the doodling world. Um, and it's just impossible. They already have so many things that they're doing. It's mm-hmm. impossible. And um, and I think that when you're in the task mindset of putting things in the computer and, t- and tracking when babies first took breath and all that, you can't yeah, also fine. be attending to the emotional needs of the birthing person or any of the parents or anybody in the room, the loved ones. You can't do both. Dueling yeah. is its own skill. It's its own unique role. Not to ever be confused or think you can double double it up with. Um, another job, another role. We are a valid, uh, self-sustaining, um, standing on our own role on, in the birth space and um, not to be remixed with other people. That's just not what we can do. That's, that's, no, no. That's not what people need. Yeah. And I'm very protective over the the title of doula. So when these celebrity oh. wives and stuff want to call themselves doulas because they sit on boards and stuff like that, it's like, uh, you're you're not here catching vomit and wiping asses the way I am. Mm. You're not doing hip squeezes. Uh, you're not sleeping on the radiator. You're not sleeping on a birth ball while your client is laboring. Um, and you're trying to, you know, rest with them and be with them. So, you know, I'm really very protective of the of the doula profession. And that's why, you know, with my doctorate degree, I'm really looking forward to doing more of the research 
and showing exactly what what's happening to doulas as well. Because I you know, agree with you. I agree with you. But the examples you gave, that's not all we do, right? Because that's just some of the stuff that shows up in the birth space. Our relationship started weeks and weeks and weeks ago. We're the mm-hmm. phone call at night in the middle of the night. Hey, uh, having some breakthrough bleeding. We're the phone call in the middle of the afternoon. Hey, I just left a doctor's appointment. Everything looks great. We're the, hey, I get nauseous when I eat now. What what might be things that I can eat or what might be going on? We're there all along the way. We're there in the quiet spaces long before any contraction comes. And we're building that relationship and that connection. There is so much that goes into our work that people don't see. If even... One of my clients was like, I can sleep well tonight just knowing that this relationship, this this transaction right. we're doing, this relationship we're building is secure. That's right. That I have you. I can go, I can sleep well tonight. Um, it's it's not only just something <laughs> I'm crossing off my to-do list, but That's I right, really That's right. feel relieved. And I was like, okay. Yes, yes. I'm glad I could do that for you because mm-hmm. she knows she has a phone number, a text, thread to call, check in, and anything she needs, we're going to figure it out. That's right. That gave her a tremendous amount of relief. And so our work is well beyond that hospital room. And Uh, sometimes that's why we feel underappreciated. But I'm like, y'all, keep going. (laughs) We know what we do. Don't give up. We know what we do. We know how we doula that. How we do it. I'm telling you, doulas, we, 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 we know the trends before they even become trends. We know where the bones are buried. We know who's good and who's great. We know what the, what, you know, what's going to help a community or harm a, compu- a community. We have so much insight because we're there. We're on the front lines and we're there. So I'm, I'm just really grateful of the, of the practice. And, but I do know, like you said, and we were just talking about, yeah. The pandemic has put a different decor on birth work. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's great to talk about it because one of the things that we um, have to acknowledge is that a lot of people who are in the doula space now came into the doula space in the pandemic. Right. During the pandemic, they came virtually. And so they actually don't have any recollection, um, nor should they, of what it was like before. They just know the now. And because they're really just now getting into the birthing space, they don't even know really what now is. And so I think I'm, I'm glad we have our platform where we can highlight how things have changed and what things people need to pay attention to, because I don't know if anybody's really talking about it. No, they're not how, talking how about it. How will new doulas even know if we don't talk about it? So we'll, yeah. keep, we'll make sure we keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I think – we should wrap this up. I feel like um, let's think through any takeaways that we might want to offer folks, but I think we can, we can wrap it up. What are you? Sure. Revae's now for looking nice and sharp. She's ready oh. to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm moving in the right direction, y'all. Hey, I can start, you know. She's got the queen I'm, wave ready to go here. She's ready to go. Yeah, yeah. but I think, I think what we want to leave um, folks with for, for this particular um, discussion is, Think about being collaborative. That's at least what I want to leave people with. I I really have been sitting and thinking about the folks where um, there's been some competition or some kind of contention. And I'm like, yeah, let's leave that behind. Let's -hmm. let's move forward. Like there's probably some really great things that we can do together um, and probably things that like 
you're doing stuff and I'm not even in that that lane. We had mentioned before we got uh, on the call, we were talking about uh, the Grammys and um, Taylor Swift, this constant, com- com- you know, comparison of Taylor Swift and Beyonce. And um, and I was saying, listen, Beyonce was confidently on the floor because she's thinking, listen, if I'm not even in your same category on exactly. anything. Exactly. And, and, and knowing she knew what she knew, which was, hey, in two weeks, I'm dropping a country album, a country music album. I'm not even in your lane, girl. You're not even in mine. So, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Not so sometimes you just got to go forward um, unbothered. But you have to. Yeah. Super helpful for people to realize I'm, we're not competing. We're collaborating. Not at all. And in leadership, if you want to do that, and we'll probably talk about this on the next segment or another segment, you have to be willing to have the hard conversations. you have to be willing to have the hard conversation. So, you know, that stuff is very important. And we're going to talk about that again on another podcast um, for birth workers to really understand and understand what's happening with these millennial and these, these in the pandemic trained doulas, because there, there is, there is, there is a difference. There is a difference. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll speak to it. Okay, everybody. Well, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us. We're we're a little rusty. We're getting back into it after the, the, the new year. But I would be remiss if I didn't close us out by saying, Happy Black History Month. We out here. <laughs> Black History 365, baby. 365. Exactly. I know it's easy to forget because you're like, I do this every day. All right, <laughs> y'all. Well, make sure you're out there dueling that. Dueling that. Dueling that, baby. Hi, everybody. My name is Revae Sinclair, and I am excited to let you know that if you're a birth worker and you need to send your clients to a reliable educational evidence-based course on childbirth ed, on breastfeeding, on comfort measures, I'm your girl. Send your clients to www.birth-connections.com forward slash services, and we can get them registered for all the classes, all the basics, breastfeeding, feeding your baby, the basics, That's happening one Sunday a month. Melanated childbirth education for those who are BIPOC and having a very specific experience in the birth spaces. Melanated childbirth education is one Saturday a month. A complete childbirth education series for anyone is happening one Tuesday and Thursday of one week a month. And then a comfort measures uh, session happens in the evenings on one Wednesday a month. I will get you all the schedule. It'll be in the show notes. But send your clients to birthconnections.com forward slash services for all your parent-child education needs. Talk to you soon.